Welcome to Half Court, the NBA talk show that's not afraid to bring hot takes into the paint. And then guess who else they got on this team? Mike Muscala. Oh, Moose. <laughs> Jeez Louise. This is like his seventh team in the past maybe eight months. Hang out with us, the homies, Matt McClure and Logan Dolby, for an hour of ankle-breaking takes and plenty of laughs. Are you serious right now with that? I, I, this is unbelievable that their higher-ups are saying that it was a success when you heard back in the uh, back last year that KD was coming here, Kyrie was coming here, and the best player you bring in in free agency is Julius Randle? <laughs> really? And then he said, take your time to respond. There's no hurry. You'll never be Westbrook, never be Curry. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Like, Shaq is cooking in the Ooh. kitchen over here. It was gas, man. Enjoy the show. I mean, he had a cool handshake, I guess, with Russell Westbrook when he was in Oklahoma City, but that's about it. He still plays in the summer league. That's all that needs to be said here. Bogey. Oh, off balance. And in and out. Real live NBA basketball this week with your boys here, Logan Dolby and Matt McClure, back in the studio for episode eight, season two of Half Court. McClure, how pumped are you yeah, for the man. season to be back? NBA is back, man. It's it's hype. I'll tell you that. Some great action over the first two uh, days of the NBA season, man. It's going to be a great NBA season. I'm just glad it's back. That's all I got to say, man. I'm pumped up and ready to roll. So were the Toronto Raptors, who took home the dub against the New Orleans Pelicans, 130-122 to on their home court. Ring ceremony went pretty well for them. A little bit of an awkward situation, though. Uh, did, Ka- did Kawhi get the ring in the mail or what? I, I guess he did. That's the only way I, I could see it. Does he? <laughs> I mean, that, that's the only way I see that. Did Danny Green get his in the mail? I knew they were talking. They were probably talking about that uh, post game of their game later on, which, which which we'll get to. But that's the only way I see it. Unless he got it before he before he moved to the Clippers. I, that's that's the only way. <laughs> Ed, I mean, does he have to make the trip to Canada? Is the only thing. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Man. No. All right. So uh, game went to overtime. Great first game of the season. Uh, you gotta love it. No Zion Williamson. He's gonna be out six to eight weeks with the knee injury. Uh, for the first for the first half of the game, though, it didn't really matter. For the Pelicans, they came out firing on all cylinders. That team was looking really good, and we were thinking, "Wow, maybe." I mean, this could be a team that could push for a playoff spot. You've got, uh, you know, with with these guys, you've just got it's star studded here uh, with the young talent. We've talked about it all off season. Uh, Lonzo Ball coming in, Mark Ing- or Brandon Ingram coming in, excuse me. Uh, Drew Holiday, a stalwart there for the past few years. J.J. Redick, who just came into town this off season. All of them having uh, pretty pretty decent games here, McClure. Did anybody stick out to you? I think the, the Pelicans team really stuck out to me. I think they played pretty well in this game and it went overtime and you saw the better team there in overtime in the Toronto Raptors. Somebody, or a team that has been there, done that, and you saw it by their star players there with Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet. But for the New Orleans Pelicans, I really liked what I saw from Brandon Ingram and, and, and J.J. Redick for them, guys that 
uh, really stepped up. You saw Brandon Ingram there with 22 points and, and J.J. Redick with uh, 16, 4 or 6 from 3, 6 and 9 from the field. He's going to have to do that on a consistent basis, I think, for the New Orleans Pelicans. And with Zion Williamson being out for 6 to 8 weeks, you got to see a big improvement here from Lonzo Ball. He had 8 points, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds, but I think he needs to be a little bit better than that. I think he will when, uh, when Zion Williamson comes back. But I was really impressed with the New Orleans Pelicans team. I think they're going to be competing there at the bottom of the West for that that 11 to 8 seed spot they're probably not going to make the playoffs but they they really played well on the road in Toronto when they were getting their rings I was very very impressed by this Pelicans team although they took the loss you saw the better team late in in overtime and in that fourth quarter and that was the Toronto Raptors you got to give credit to them and their players stepped up yeah, for me, what really stuck out here was Lonzo Ball's minutes. He only got 25 minutes in this game, clearly not enough for your starting point guard. He was looking good, especially during some stretches. His shot was looking okay. It looks a little bit better than last year, but he was two for three from beyond the, from beyond the arc. Two of two from the free throw line. Two major things that he had to get better at. Uh, not ex- extremely efficient. Didn't hit any of his jumpers just from uh, from inside the three-point line. Like you said, finished with eight points. But 25 minutes is not enough. Whenever whenever Hart gets 28, it's just you, that's not going to cut it. Alvin Gentry, I, I feel, really needs to figure out what's going on with this team because – I mean, he, he had 11 players take the court last <laughs> yeah. or, uh, two days ago against the Raptors, and that's just not going to work. I know he's trying to get everybody to touch the ball, but whenever you see the minute discrepancy from Drew Holiday to Lonzo Ball, 41 to 25, that's just not going to get it done, especially whenever Lonzo's playing a little bit better. Drew Holiday was minus 14 in his net rating. Lonzo was only a minus 7, and I think a lot of that was he was coming off cold. Gentry took him out of the game late in the third quarter, didn't play any of the fourth, and then he tried to trot him out there during overtime. The dude was ice cold. He's jumping up and down on the court trying to get blood flowing. He hasn't shot a basketball for just about 20 minutes. So that that needs to get situated there for the Pelicans if they're really going to try and contend. Not enough points in overtime there. A good push in the fourth quarter, just not enough for the Pelicans. And another thing, Derek Favors. Dude, they brought you in to play big minutes at the power forward, and especially whenever Zion Williamson is out, you have to be better than six points. He got seven boards, but he was three for for six from the field. Just not enough here from the Pelicans. Yeah, I I agree with that. but they battled in this game, and I got to give credit to those guys that you mentioned the eleven off the the eleven or the six off the bench. They played well. You saw. Uh, Melly come up big there with 14 points. He shot five, uh, seven from three, four or five from deep. That's somebody that that was big time off the bench. You got a spark from him, and you got a big spark there from Hart. It was just, a, a, I think, a collective effort. But I agree with you, with with this team and Alvin Gentry. You got to find lineups that work. You got to find the right five that that work together. And he was switching lineups. He kept on subbing guys in and out. And I and I think that won't work during as the season continues. He's got to find his core group of guys, whether that's 9, 8, 10. They got to be there for the New Orleans Pelicans. But I'll tell you what, this Raptors team, they played great in this game late. Yeah, especially two standouts for me uh, were Pascal Siakam, 
this dude absolutely went off 34 points, 18 rebounds, and 5 assists. You can clearly see why he got that max extension during the offseason, why they wanted to lock him down as the centerpiece of this team now. I mean, he he's looking like Giannis Antetokounmpo, but with a three-point shot. It's kind of scary, actually, the way that this kid has developed. He has been looking absolutely fantastic so far this season, one game in, and he's looking I don't want to say it too early, but if the if the season continues like this, MVP candidate, as well as Fred Van Vliet, looking like he's playing in the playoffs right now with 34 <laughs> points and, and 40, seven assists. 44 minutes from Van Vliet, too, man. He shot the lights out of the ball. 12 of 18 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3, 34 points. Fred Van Vliet, great game from him. And I'll tell you what, man, Pascal Siakam, this guy ain't a joke. This guy has been busting his tail to get ready for this season after being a most improved player last year. And this guy, and when Kawhi left, he realized that it's his, it's his team now. It's his team. He's kind of the centerpiece of that team. You know Kyle Lowry's still there, that veteran guy. But I'll tell you what, Pascal Siakam in this game had a, 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 maybe his best game as a, as a Toronto Raptor during the regular season. Absolutely fantastic. I was blown away. Moving on to the biggest game, I think, of the first uh, first week of basketball, the battle for Los Angeles. Uh, the Clippers took down the Lakers 120-112. to McClure, uh, I mean, you picked the Clippers as, as the better team here last week. I'm stuck on the Lakers. I still feel like they have some stuff to figure out. But what was the defining like defining edge, I guess that, that the uh, Clippers set. What was going on for the Clippers that they could they could play so dominantly in stretches? Well, I think it was you know their bench play. You get you get sixty points from your bench, you're going to be very successful. And at the beginning of this game, Dolby, you saw how the Lakers were playing a lot more up-tempo. LeBron was aggressive. They were getting it to Anthony Davis. Uh, Kawhi was a little bit cold there in the first quarter. But when he started making shots, I believe he made seven in a row there in the second quarter. The Lakers had no answer. And that was a, a big part of this game, I think, for the Los Angeles Clippers, getting themselves back in the game there in the second quarter, settling it down. And you saw their guys, especially their bench, Patrick Beverly, uh, Jamichael Green, Harold Lou Will, the list goes on and on with that bench. They stepped up in a big-time game, and you saw the defensive adjustments from Doc Rivers in the second half on Anthony Davis because Davis was getting his way inside. They started bringing another defender there to kind of help because the, the, the Clippers are undersized, guys. But they brought another guy there, and it kind of seemed like the Lakers were force-feeding Anthony Davis the ball on the block instead of letting the offense kind of just flow. It was like, all right – I'm just going to throw it to AD here and see what he can do. And the Clippers caught on to that, and they did a great job defensively and came on top 112-102. It was a great game by the Clippers. The Clippers were absolutely hounding the Lakers on defense. They were going after every single possession, every single ball. They were getting in the faces of anybody who touched the ball in the Lakers, just absolutely getting after it. I love the defensive intensity to see from this team. We figured uh, whenever they, before the season started, this would be an elite defensive team. They didn't even have Paul George, who's a four-time all, yeah, four four all defensive player, of you know, all team <laughs> defensive right there. And, and they're missing him. Like, could you imagine that? Inst instead of uh, 
Patterson coming out and playing some solid minutes, he albeit great. he locked down Anthony Davis for the majority of the game. He made him uh, just really inefficient from the field. Davis uh, Davis getting his points. He's always going to get his points. 25, but shot 8 of 21. He was 0 for 2 from beyond the arc. Uh, did okay at the free throw line. Gathered 9 rebounds. Excellent game for Davis, but one thing that the Clippers did along with their defense, which really helped with their defense, was they were sniffing out the pick-and-roll situation. They were making LeBron James, who's the primary ball handler, very uncomfortable with the ball, forcing turnovers, getting in everybody's faces, really switching well off of screens. This was an absolutely dominant performance by the by the Clippers' defense. I loved what I saw from this team. Uh, I agree with you, Dolby, and I think there's some major question marks here for the Lakers. Uh, a lot of people were getting on LeBron for being a little bit too pass passive and not being aggressive, and I think that criticism – is, is rightfully so there, but I think it's a little bit too early to criticize LeBron James this early on. I know we didn't have the best game, but this is a brand-new Lakers team, guys. It's a brand-new coach. There were four guys on this Lakers team this year that are still there from last year's team. Kuzma, LeBron, Davies Caldwell, Pope, and, and Caruso. That's about it for the Lakers who are and JaVale McGee. So five Lakers that were on the team last year. So it's going to take some time. But I'll t- we'll say this, if it wasn't for Danny Green's 28-point performance, they would have been blown out by 20 points. Uh, he came up big and hit 7-3, seven 7-9 seven from 3, 10-14 from the field. Without his game, they would have lost this game by 20. And, Dolby, I really want to get your comments on this. How about LeBron saying that it, it, it isn't a rivalry? Or, what do you think about that? Because I, I don't like that at all. If you're LeBron James saying that this isn't a rivalry, you play in the same, you play in the same place. It's the Staples Center. There's a new captain in town and Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers. And I know it's the first game of the season. You got to work some things out, but you can't sit there and say it ain't a rivalry. This has to be a rivalry. The only way that he's saying it's not a rivalry is because There were so many supporters of the purple and gold in the stands uh, two two nights ago for the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers faithful really showed out during this game. I think this is absolutely a rivalry. It has to be. These are two of the best teams in basketball, 1A and 1B in the West, however you want to sort them. They – LeBron James is too buddy-buddy with everybody. I swear, this this guy wants to be friends with the whole league. Why do you want to be friends with Kawhi Leonard? Why do you not just want to come out and say this is a rivalry? Get your guys hyped up. Who cares about bulletin board material for the other team? Because two nights ago, it seemed like they were already really hyped to get out on the court, and the Lakers look sluggish at times. Yes. You need to get your guys fired up if you're LeBron James. Right. you got to put that on your shoulders. I saw he was doing the chalk toss. He was he was doing classic LeBron, and the classic LeBron stat line, he, he almost had a triple-double, 18 points, really dishing out some nice assists. He's got to be better, and he really just needs to bring the funk this year. He's He's got to get his guys motivated. Yeah, I agree with that, and that's why, like, I saw it a lot just, you know, from post-game of, of this game, and they were saying that LeBron needs to be better, and, and I agree with that because this is this is the first game of the season. You didn't make the playoffs. 
if you're the Lakers. So LeBron got rest for the first time pretty much in his career, and you come out sluggish like that. I understand that it's a new team and you got to work some things out. The chemistry with Anthony Davis and LeBron James isn't 100%, and it's going to be 100%, I think, by the, as the season moves along. That's going to be a lethal duo, people. It didn't look as good opening night, but it's going to get better. And they and they got to get some more production from their bench, and that's something that I brought up when we were talking about the Battle of L.A., how the Clippers have a deeper bench. You saw it here tonight, or you saw it there two nights ago in this game, and we'll have to see, man. It's going to be a great NBA season, and these two teams are going to be battling for it in the West. But if the Lakers want to get to the NBA Finals, this is going to be one of the teams that you're going to be facing, and you're going to have to do a much better job than you did Tuesday night. Yeah, no Rajon Rondo, no Kyle Kuzma. For the Lakers, hurts their depth a little bit. Avery Bradley had to get inserted in that starting lineup. He played pretty well. Did you see uh, the the post game press conference? It wasn't it wasn't a press conference, but it was like an in locker in the locker room conference with Patrick Beverly, with I, the I Australian if, reporter. I don't know if I saw all right, that. All right, so Matthew Dellavedova, everybody knows he's a grinder, but he's not that great of a player. So two nights ago in the locker room after the game, an Australian reporter came in, and he's like, you know. I really love. He's talking to Patrick Beverly here. You know, I really love your game. Uh, you you play de- you play defense like uh, Matthew Dellavedova uh, does, and and Patrick Beverly stop, stopped him right there. Uh, he he should have like, stopped him right there. You think Matthew Dellavedova's guarding Kevin Durant? No, Patrick not. Patrick Beverly did it. They even Doc Rivers threw Beverly on LeBron. Yeah, that's how much confidence Doc Rivers has in his guy Patrick Beverly. He won't get a lot of offensive points, man. But I'll tell you what. He ain't afraid of the moment. He's going to get in your face, and he's going to play some defense. I, I He should have stopped him right there, Dolby. I, I would have stopped. Wait a second here. You're comparing Matthew Delvadova to Patrick Bever, Beverly? Please. He says, hold up. I play defense like Patrick Beverly. Yeah, okay. Stares him straight in the eyes and says, yeah, I sir. play defense like yeah, Patrick sir. Beverly. That's good One of stuff. the best defenders in the league. Yes, sir. Absolutely dominant performance from the Lakers, 112 to 102 over the Lakers moving on we had some games last night uh these are a little bit of some games that we wanted to mention before we really got into thick of to the thick of it uh the Cavs uh, played at the Orlando Magic's crib last night Nikola Vucevic goes off for 21 points and nine rebounds uh helping the Magic to a 94-85 win over the Cavaliers we feel like the Cavaliers aren't gonna be that great Markel Fultz made his debut uh, in that blue and white uniform, looked pretty good. It was all right. He had 12 points, an absolute yam in that game. Yes, sir. Was 6-12 of 12, um, from the field. Looked pretty decent. All right, we could see uh, if Markel has something for us this year. Yeah, and we're going to move on here. The Grizzlies in the heat. Uh, Miami beat the Grizzlies last night, 120-101. to 101. And Dolby, I'll tell you what, Justice Winslow looks like a man. Dude, this guy looked incredible. He looks insane. And he had 27 points, 7 boards, and 7 assists. It was John Morant's debut uh, for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. And he played okay. He had 14 points, a minus 29. You don't like to see that. Four four assists and four rebounds. But I'll tell you what, this Miami team without Jimmy Butler looked pretty good. You also got somebody in in, – and none here. Kendrick Nunn had a big game for the uh, Miami Heat. He had 
24 points, a plus 27. This is somebody who played in the G League last year, guys. He was 10-18 from the field. Big-time game for the Miami Heat without Jimmy Butler. This is going to be a very interesting team in the East. Yeah. Um, to go over, we had the Mavericks at the Wizards. Uh, the Mavericks defeated them 108-100 to last night. Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic already getting it cooking they looked great Bradley Beal gets ejected uh he was a little bit upset by that you know what you're gonna have to deal with it Bradley you got a bad squad here uh, <laughs> you do Por- have a bad team Porzingis 23 points four rebounds one block a few turnovers for him a plus three margin really trying to get back in the swing of things and Luka Doncic dropping a 34 burger with nine rebounds dude looked great he filled up the entire stat sheet had a little bit he had too many turnovers last night for my comfort, but, you know, you're playing the Wizards. You can kind of afford that. Uh, the Wizards were down down late heading into the fourth quarter. They really had a nice surge of energy there, scored 32 to Dallas's 17. Almost came back, but Dallas hung on for the lead. Uh, pretty good game there from something that I really didn't expect uh, to be a marquee matchup. We're going to stay in Texas here for the Spurs and the Knicks. Spurs come out on top, 120 to 111. And I'll tell you what, this Spurs team, they, they looked pretty good in this game. LaMarcus Aldridge had a big-time game with 22 points and eight rebounds. They also got a big game from from Deontay Murray. He had 18 points. And, and Bryn Forbes also had uh, uh, 20 points. He, had, he was plus four, five boards and an assist. A big-time game for the Spurs. They also got a good bench contribution from Rudy Gay, who shot 4-9 from the field in 20 minutes. As for the New York Knicks, they had some good performances, but they just got down there in the first quarter, tried to battle back, and got outscored uh, by 10 there in the fourth quarter. It was 37-27 in favor of the Spurs. Marcus Morris looked good, 26 points, uh, four rebounds, and an assist. Uh, Bobby Portis there with only eight points, four of ten from the field. R.J. Barrett made his debut, man, and I was pretty impressed. Nine of 13 from the field in 37 minutes, 21 points for him. Uh, Julius Randle also making his Nick debut, 35 points, 10 of 18, one of four from three. He was a big-time game there from him. And Kevin Knox, which I want to see a little bit more of, uh, 21 21 minutes, 13 points, 5 and 9. This Knicks team was just a little bit overmatched in this one, 121-11, the San Antonio Spurs over the New York Knicks. It'll be interesting to see uh, how this Knicks Knicks team responds after a tough one like this very early on the season. But they do have some uh, promising moments there with three guys over 20 points. And then we'll shift it over to Phoenix, where the Sacramento Kings made a little trip there and ate the L. Oh, my goodness. Bad loss here for the Kings. For real, this Phoenix Suns team looks uh, like they've been rejuvenated. 124-95 to over the Sacramento Kings. They look good. Devin Booker looked good. 10 of 17 from the field, 2 of 4 from beyond the arc, 10 assists, scoring 22 points. DeAndre Ayton was dominant. He had 33 minutes in this game, 18 points. Him and Booker were both a plus 25 in their plus minus. Whenever they were on the court, uh, the Suns were dominating. For the the Kings, uh, not too many great takeaways. Buddy Heald earning that paycheck, though, signed that fat extension uh, right before the regular season started. He had 28 points, 9 or 10 of 19 from the field, 6 of 12 from beyond the arc. He looked good, also getting five rebounds. It just it was a battle of the boards, and tell you what, Phoenix was getting them all. They were they were smashing those boards hard. 
nobody could get in the paint for Sacramento. They really got to work on that. They got a, they got a lot of young bigs. And also, Ricky Rubio looking like he might be able to run this offense alongside Devin Booker for Phoenix. They are 1-0 now. And we will kick it to commercial break. We'll be right back with some more uh, NBA Wednesday, talking about some of the better matchups here. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Glad to have you back with us live on Half Court with Logan Dolby and Matt McClure on Calm Radio. All right, guys, uh, a little bit of Celtics at 76ers action. You got to love to see it. The 76ers pick up the first dub of the season uh, undefeated. I mean, are we talking 82-0 here, McClure? <laughs> this team looked dangerous. Yeah, they look, they look good in spots. Um, not the best first half, I'd say. And uh, you got to give credit there to the Celtics. They, they played a pretty good first half and were uh, right in the game there. It was 49-48. Uh, Sixers did have a one-point lead, but a big-time uh, third quarter there by the Philadelphia 76ers outscoring the Celtics 28-20 and uh, just uh, cruised the victory there in the fourth quarter. And I'll tell you what, Ben Simmons looked like the best player on the court last night. He was very productive, and he didn't shoot really any outside shots, but it really didn't matter because he was getting his way inside, and he did a pretty good job uh, just getting to the rim, and when you don't have Al Horford in the paint like they did last year, the Celtics did, it makes things a little bit easier now, does it? And he got to the rim pretty easily, 24 points, 9 assists, 8 boards from him, all the Sixers starters with over 15 points, big time game there for Philly, and I'll tell you what, this is going to be a really strong team. I think the turnovers need to cut down, but I'll tell you what, that defense looks ferocious, man. Only 93 points the Celtics scored. Uh, the Celtics didn't have one 30-point quarter. The most they had in a quarter was 25, so that's big-time defense there for the Celtics, or for the 76ers, rather. 76ers look fantastic. At times, I was getting frustrated by the defense, especially uh, Josh Richardson sometimes losing his man, getting behind him. But he made up for it with some solid blocks. He had two of them, really limited the turnovers. Uh, this new addition for the 76ers team to go along with Al Horford, totally new look team here. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I love seeing Big Al out there. Really contributed a plus six on, on his plus minus. He had 16 points. Wasn't really doing much on the boards or with the assists, but just the his way presence. that he – yeah, his presence impacts the game. And also his presence makes it so that Embiid doesn't have to get those major minutes, especially whenever he's got – he has a lot of fouls. He fouled early. He, they were limiting his minutes. Only had 23 minutes last night. Was limited to – 15 points, although he was a plus 16. Um, he, he didn't have such a spectacular game. If you had him in FanDuel, you were probably pretty upset because <laughs> he's a pricey player there. Uh, he's about 18 thou every single time that you go to place a bet. But, uh, you know, he, he's not needed. And that's something that really says something about the Boston Celtics, too, with their lack of, of depth at the five position. Are you serious if you're Boston Celtics? I saw the is. 
Way more. <laughs> I, it, Daniel Tice, Daniel man, Tice is. but he, he is the is. He was getting bullied all game, couldn't get anything going, had three points, and they were all from the foul line. This dude looked scared out there. He was shook. Whenever you see him be or Horford or even Quinn out, or Kylo Quinn out there, he was shook. He was getting bullied. It's great. That, alongside uh, their other guy, Williams, they need to get better if they're going to try and make any sort of noise this season. They're looking like a 500-ball club right now. And uh, Kemba Walker did not play great. And I really want to say that is because Josh Richardson was playing solid defense on him. Whenever he would switch, he would lose his man. He was getting lost on screens. But whenever he was just solid on Kemba Walker, he was really good at defense. And also, Tybal. Are you kidding oh, wow, me? My man. bull, dude, Tybal. That guy is wow. great on the wow. defensive end. He doesn't have to put, you know, that many balls in the basket. He doesn't have to put up that many points, but he's incredibly efficient on the defensive end. He was great to watch. Two steals, two blocks for the Rook. And I think he's in the perfect position here for the Philadelphia 76ers because he doesn't need to score. He's not called upon to score the basketball he is called upon to play some defense I mean this guy was the Pac-12 defensive player of the year at Washington and that translated into the preseason into the summer league and now here in the first game of the season that dude was locked down defensively I like to see that from Matisse Thibel and Dolby to your point here with the Boston Celtics and uh, their five position that center position I think they're going to have to make a move at the deadline because I don't think that Anus Canner, who I like, Williams, and Daniel Tice, the is, is going to be enough here to compete in the Western Conference with some Bulldogs that the 76ers have uh, in their front court and some of these other teams like Jared Allen for the Nets and, and some of these other guys. Andre Drummond, he's going to eat against this Boston Celtics team. I think you might need to make a call to the Oklahoma City Thunder and maybe see if Steven Adams is available because they did not look good in this game. And I'll tell you what, they only shot 26.9% from uh, three and 36.7% from the field. That's got to be a lot better if you're going to be competing in the Eastern Conference. We know the East isn't as good as the West, but still that ain't good enough. Not only that, but 59 percent from the charity stripe looking or making the 76ers look really good and look at the rebound numbers 41 rebounds for the Boston Celtics 62 for the 76ers that has to scream at you if you're if you're Danny Ainge there for uh for the Boston Celtics their GM everybody's giving him high praises he gave Jalen Brown all that money in the offseason and he was an absolute ghost out there last night for the Boston Celtics. Eight points. He had seven boards, one steal, not really efficient from the field, only played 21 minutes. Uh, two two players that stood out for the Boston Celtics, Gordon Hayward, played big well. money name there. Yeah, played really well, put the team on his shoulders, and, of course, Tatum. This dude is going to be great. I don't know why he didn't save some of the money. Maybe try and give Brown a lesser contract because you're going to have to extend the guy next year. He had 21 points last night for the Boston Celtics and 10 rebounds. So whenever the majority of your rebounds are coming from your wings, 
you know things are getting rough. Yes, absolutely. And the final point here on this uh, game here for the Celtics, you know, Jalen Brown, you just got paid. You got 115, and you come out here opening night with the fresh haircut, and you throw up eight points, and 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 pretty much is are you got to put up more than six shots if you're Jalen Brown. Come on now, you're three of six from the field. Uh, that ain't good enough. You got to put up more shots and be a little bit better. You did have seven rebounds, but. I'll tell you what, man, you got 115. You got to step it up now if you're Jalen Brown and be that Robin to uh, Jason Tatum. Moving on to the Western Conference, we had a big matchup here. The Nuggets took a nice little road trip to Portland to face off against the Blazers and came out with a dub. 108 to 100, Nuggets victory. Um, Jokic was uh, – he, he got in a little bit of foul trouble early, didn't get to play all that many minutes, but he was effective whenever he was in the game. Uh, this, this is some guy that I'm looking at as an MVP candidate every year. Oh, he absolutely. is absolutely fantastic and a game changer from the center position. And I'll tell you what, you learned a lot about this Nuggets team. I know it's just at the beginning of the season here, but Jokic had no points at, at the half, and they, and they were right in the game. And then when he started getting hot, uh, they started to kind of take over the game. You could kind of see just when he started stepping up offensively, you could see how he galvanized the troops. He saw a little bit more pep to their step. And I'll tell you what, man, him and, and Jamal Murray are going to be great. And when you add that with guys like Paul Millsap, who had a pretty good game, uh, uh, Jokic, obviously, Murray, uh, how about uh, Will Barton stepping up 11-12 from the free throw line, 19 points. This is a legitimate contender in the West, guys. I'm telling you that right now because they are a deep team and they are going to play hard. And you got an MVP candidate that Dolby mentioned in Jokic who has worked on his game in the offseason. They were talking a little bit about it on the broadcast, how he went into Mike Malone's office and he was crying there because of the loss to to the Portland Trailblazers in seven games. You don't think he's motivated? You don't think uh, Jamal Murray's motivated after his uh, performance in game seven? I tell you what, this team, watch out because they're a really solid team and somebody that is going to be competing in the Western Conference, man. Yeah, and for the Portland Trailblazer, Damian Lillard did what Damian Lillard does. Uh, not so great from beyond the arc, 3 of 10, but other than that, uh, was money at the free throw line, 9 of 10, had 32 points there, 8 assists. He really had a fantastic game. Uh, the Blazers were really needing him to, to step up even a little bit more, though, with that 8-point deficit at the end of the game. Uh, the rest of the squad, though, Hassan Whiteside looked good in a uh, Portland Trailblazers uniform, uh, 16 points. He registered 26 minutes, 6 of 7 from the field, and 4 for 4 from the line. 19 rebounds for this guy. He was really eaten whenever Jokic was in the game. Uh, they need a little bit more from their bench. They were pretty absent here, but for right now i mean portland trailblazers you have to like what you saw oh, even yeah. though it was a loss it wasn't that terrible oh yeah absolutely and hey this is the first game of the season for both these teams i'm just i was very impressed with what i saw they're from the denver nuggets and how they went on the road and they they were trying to be a, a a better road team this season they're dominant at home but they struggled on the road last year this year they're trying to hope things change but i'll tell you what i was very impressed with what i saw from a few guys especially uh hassan whiteside somebody that 
took a lot of criticism, I'd say, for the Miami Heat, somebody being a pretty soft player. And I tell you what, he didn't look pretty soft. He didn't look soft last night against Jokic. You know, he had over uh, 15 boards. Uh, you think you said there are 19 there, Dolby. He played well. Damian Lillard w- was awesome. They need a little bit more production, though, from C.J. McCollum. He didn't have the best game. You'll see that moving forward. He'll have a big game. But, hey, you got to like what you saw if you're the Portland Trailblazers. They'll bounce back. And we had another Western contest last night where the Oklahoma City Thunder battled with the Utah Jazz in Utah. Uh, The Thunder looking a little bit better than what we anticipated. Chris Paul having a pretty good game. Uh, One of the only starters here other than Danilo Gallinari that registered a a positive gain in the plus-minus category, 22 points. And uh, eight big big rebounds here for Chris Paul. He had eight, only three assists. Uh, Pretty decent game for the Thunder. Came up a little short, 195. But Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert really took over this game. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that was a big – big thing here for the Utah Jazz. They uh, struggled in the postseason the last two years, and part of the reason why was because those two guys you know, struggled in the postseason, but these guys uh, stepped up in a big way uh, in this game. Uh, the Thunder battled there in the third quarter, outscored the Jazz 28-19, but you got to give the Jazz credit. They came back in the fourth quarter, 32 points there in the third or in the fourth quarter, and you got 32 points there from Donovan Mitchell, a plus nine in the plus minus. He had 12 boards. That's a big time game there for uh, old Donovan Mitchell there. But I'll tell you what, uh, the Thunder they battled in this game, and I was very impressed with Shea Gilgis Alexander. He had a great game uh, on the offensive side. He did have a plus-minus, a minus 12. But, hey, 26 points, uh, two rebounds, uh, one assist. You want to see that grow a little bit? He played a a ton of minutes, 37 minutes, which led the Thunder, but they just couldn't get the job done. Nice win here by the Jazz. And then we had the Pistons at the Pacers. Uh, pretty pretty decent game here. A monster game for Andre Drummond. You got to love to see it. He was great from the free throw line, something that plagued him uh, early on in his career. 32 points and 23 rebounds. Are you kidding me? What a monster game. Uh, the Pacers kind of need to figure out something down low, I guess. They have two good low post players here in Miles Turner and Damanis Sabonis, but, I mean, that just shows the completely complete dominance of Andre Drummond or Andre Drummond there uh, for the Pistons. Yeah, he played great and that's something that you love to see there. Blake Griffin was not uh, in the lineup with with the uh, injury, so he he really took the or put the team on his back. 32 points, 23 rebounds. Are you kidding me, man? You want to see that from Andre Drummond? You know it's there cuz he's done it. But how about we do that on a consistent basis? I'm not saying you need to do 30-20 every night. But, hey, man, you dominated. You know you can dominate. Let's get it this year, and let's see if what the Pistons can do. Great win there by Detroit. Luke Kennard had a big game. Uh, that was a great win there by the Detroit Pistons. The Indiana Pacers just came out a little bit flat, and uh, you got to give credit to the uh, Detroit Pistons there. The Pacers just didn't have enough in the tank. Uh, no Victor Oladipo. He's obviously clear for five-on-five scrimmages. They just, uh, just didn't have enough there. They lost a few guys, but, hey, man, great win there by the Pistons. Pistons on opening night. Yeah, Pistons 119 to 110 for the Pacers. One thing that I want to talk about here, uh, Malcolm Brogdon looking like a good addition there. 22 points uh, for 
the Pacers, 11 assists. I think he's going to fit in uh, really well with this basketball team. And then kind of a sleeper game here that turned into a great game. Uh, the Bulls took on the Hornets. The Hornets got a really close win here, 126-125. to 125, Two basement dwellers uh, in the Eastern Conference. Some big games from some big names uh, for the Bulls. Laurie Markkinen had a great game, 35 points to go along with 17 rebounds. Come on, that big boy is eating. And then uh, the Charlotte Hornets, a surprise uh, contributor there. P.J. Washington starting. He had 38 minutes. The young fella from Kentucky 27 points. Uh, he's going to go out and get baskets. Seven of three, or seven of eleven from three-point range. And this is a, a really, really, really bad loss for the Chicago Bulls. They were up by ten points there late in the fourth quarter. It was about four or five minutes left in this game. It was one one eighteen to one oh eight, and uh, they just they collapsed there in the uh, in late there in the fourth quarter. You got to give credit. To the Charlotte Hornets, uh, P.J. Washington, the rookie, was unbelievable. Seven threes. Are you kidding me? You might have found something special there if you're the Charlotte Hornets. Cody Zeller had a big game. Uh, how about uh, Dante Graham or Devontae Graham, man, off the bench with 23 wow. points, uh, plus 14. He came up big late in that game. Got the Hornets back in it. Unbelievable win for the Charlotte Hornets. Really bad loss for the Chicago Bulls. And the last game that we got to watch uh, last night, it was the Timberwolves traveling to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. A uh, pretty big game from, from both teams here. It was probably the best game of the day, I would say. 127-126 to 126 victory for the Timberwolves on the road in overtime. Uh, it really showed what the Timberwolves are bringing to the table. Of course, Kyrie sets a record for a team debut there with 50 points. Ooh. Are you kidding me? Celtics are looking silly right now. <laughs> Eight rebounds, seven assists, almost hit that game winner with that NBA street move where he, he's fall, he falls back, he, he, keeps his, he keeps his handle, picks it back up, and then just pops up a shot at the very end of regulation, and it almost goes in. I was thinking 100% that Kyrie jumper was falling because that's just Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, the, the Timberwolves are up big in this game and, and blew a big lead there. Uh, they had a big first-half lead, and you got to give credit uh, to the Brooklynettes coming back there. You mentioned the Kyrie game, 50 points. Are you kidding me? But, Adobe, I got a question here for you. You know, do you think that style of play is going to work for the for the Brooklyn Nets with, you know, Kyrie taking majority of the shots, having 50 points, and really, like, you know, you see some guys had some good games, but I don't know, man. Like, 50 points seems like a very a, – a lot of points when you have a ton of talent on this Nets team. Yeah, well, he shot the ball 33 times, so uh, he, he's – you know who Kyrie Irving is. He's a ball hawk. He's always going to be that way. He wants the ball in his hands constantly. He's going to want that final shot. But this Nets team, the whole reason why they had success last year is because they spread the ball around. They had contributions all over the floor. They weren't really relying on one star. It's opening night. Uh, Kyrie wanted to you know, come out and put on a show for the folks uh, in Brooklyn. So, do I blame him for doing it? No. He wants to show out. He wants to sell his jersey in in the black. So do I think it's going to work? No, it's not. They lost to the Timberwolves, and the yeah. Timberwolves aren't even that great of a, of a ball team here. Uh, he was too dominant on the ball. 
Did he ball out? Yes. Uh, but he needs to be more efficient, and he needs to get his teammates involved because he has a lot of very talented teammates around him. And, and at one point here for the T-Wolves, uh, Andrew Wiggins putting Ugh. up 27 uh, shots is way too much, especially when you only make 10 of them. Uh, just a, a, he he needs to be a lot better. He is what he is. He's going to shoot the ball a lot. But, hey, how about Carl Anthony Towns coming up big? Seven threes, guys. How about that? Big time uh, game from him. And, hey, the, the Timberwolves uh, snuck out here with a victory. Just were able to hold on. They actually trailed uh, in this game. It was 90 to 83 at one point during this game. They made a great job coming back. And, uh, hey, stole a victory here against uh, the Brooklyn Nets on the road. Good win. Yeah, I mean, just to go back to the Andrew Wiggins thing, minus 26 in the plus minus. This guy is who he is, and if he's not going to be efficient on the offensive side of the game, he has no defensive game, and he doesn't hustle. This guy, I'm so sick and tired of Andrew Wiggins. Number one overall pick. This guy is garbage. Oh, my God. He's going to be selfish the whole year. You need to be able to play through towns. Get rid of Wiggins. This guy is just a joke. See if you can see if you can move him for Chris Minus Paul. Minus 26, man. Are you serious right now? Thank goodness yeah. the bench came up big yeah. and literally saved this team. Yeah, look at this. Plus 22 here from Okoji. Shabazz Napier with a plus 17. Uh, you're right, man. The bench really came through for the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves here, and uh, they snuck away with a victory. But An Andrew Wiggins has got to be better, at least on the defensive side, because he can put up some points, man, but it doesn't matter if you can't defend and just are kind of a, a waste of space out there on defense. So, hey, uh, you know, great game here, great, uh, you know, great NBA Wednesday, man. It was it was something special. Yeah, most empty twenty one points I've ever seen in a stat line. Uh, Andrew Wiggins get a new job. Uh, we're gonna cut it to commercial break. We'll be right back here with our picks for uh, some uh, postseason awards. Uh, stick with us. We'll be back in a sec. Welcome back to Half Court with Matt McClure and Logan Dolby live on Com Radio. All right, guys, welcome back. Final segment of this episode of Half Court. Uh, we're talking some uh, our predictions for the postseason awards. That's MVP, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, and then we'll hit you with some finals predictions. Uh, for me, we're going to start off with the MVP. It's got to be the king. It has to be LeBron James. He's playing point guard for one of the best teams in the league. He's going to get some more offensive weapons back in Kuzma. Um, I I absolutely love it. I think this would be the last time that the King takes home the trophy. It's got to be this year. Uh, we all know how the voters are. They're trying to get new guys the trophies. They, they like to see the, the wealth spread about a little bit in the NBA. LeBron hasn't won an MVP in a while, but he plays for the Showtime Lakers. This is a team that's going to be dominant all year. I love LeBron James for the MVP. This dude is gonna. Pro he might average a triple double. Yeah. He might. He might get a little bit of short. He might get a little short here on the rebounds. But 
this guy's going to be real close to a triple-double for the season. You know, I, I really wanted to pick LeBron James here, and I was saying you know, on our pregame shows you know, before the season started that I think this guy's going to be uh, MVP. And then I kind of watched that, that game on Tuesday night, and it, and it made me change my mind. Um, I'm going with Kawhi Leonard, and it's because this guy, man, just took a, took a Raptors team to the NBA Finals last year. And now he's here in a new situation in L.A. with the L.A. Clippers. And he came out right away there in game one and, and, and played well. He had 30 points there and was absolutely dominant. Now, he did have six turnovers. But we know this guy can carry a team like LeBron James can. And this guy's in his prime now. LeBron's 35. They're going to be one and two in the in the uh, MVP uh uh, voting all year long. I just I think the edge is going to go to Kawhi Leonard. That's my pick. I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron won it because of the uh, the things Dolby said, but I'm just going to go Kawhi Leonard. I, that game Tuesday night kind of changed my mind because I need to see LeBron be a little bit more aggressive and, and want to score a little bit more than pass, and we'll have to see what happens, but I'll go Kawhi as my MVP. Both guys are going to be right there all year. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, we were talking rivalries earlier and we've got LeBron and, Ka- and Kawhi right here, one two for MVP. It's not a rivalry, How is this though. not a rivalry? It's not a rivalry. Are you serious? All right, like I can't believe he said that. Still, I, I, you know, and he 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 deserves to get criticized for that. Uh, he does. Uh, LeBron James taking a lot of criticism uh, as of late. Moving on to the Rookie of the Year candidates here. For me, it's got to be DeAndre Hunter. I think he's going to come in. We haven't seen the Hawks play yet. He was a top five pick in this year's draft. Uh, I, I love his game. He has a complete game. And the thing is, he's going to be a defensive stalwart. This guy can come out. He can defend You know, the, the one through four, I would say. He's got a big body. He, he's, all, he's drawn comparisons to Kawhi Leonard. Now, that's, that's way out of pocket by basically everybody drawing those comparisons. He did win the national title last year in Virginia. You know how those Virginia players are. And I think he's going to play a very big role on the Hawks team that has been starving for a wing player here. I think he's really going to shine next to Trey Young this year. He is my pick for Rookie of the Year. I'm going to go R.J. Barrett here, and you know, a lot of people are probably thinking, you know, why not Zion? And why, why are you guys picking Zion for the Rookie of the Year? And, and I'll tell you why. I, th- I think health, health is a big problem for him, and you know, he's already missing six to eight weeks. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the season here. And honestly, if he comes back, you know, he might miss more time because he might get have another injury. I just don't know about the guy's health. But that's why I'm going R.J. Barrett. I think this guy is going to have a good rookie season, and you saw it last night against the Spurs. You know, he had 20 points in that game, still has a lot to learn, and uh, the Knicks team isn't that great around him. But, hey, man, this is the third overall pick in, the, in uh, this year's draft. I'm expecting a pretty good year for R.J. Barrett. He can score it well. He can shoot. This guy was pretty good at Duke now with Zion, and he, he was big time when Zion missed some games there when he uh, fell out of his shoe. Uh, Zion did. He came through big time for Duke. Uh, I like R.J. Barrett to win the Rookie of the Year this year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the Rookie of the Years, they can, they can really score. And they're putting that position from their teams to score. We saw with Luka Doncic, he was putting up mad numbers with the Mavericks last year, taking home that hardware. So, I mean, R.J. Barrett, I think, is a pretty good pick. He's going to have to be that primary scorer as he starts for the New York Knicks. The sixth man of the year, uh, I'm going Kyle Kuzma if he if he fits in that six-man role. If he's coming off the bench, it's going to be Kuz because he's going to get fed 
He's going to get fed the ball. He's going to be the primary scorer coming off the bench. Uh, he can create his own offense. He's one of the one of the few players on that Lakers team that can create his own offense. I like Kyle Kuzma a lot. I'm just I'm kind of worried that he's going to be starting. So if not if he doesn't start, I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to go with Lou Williams. I mean the walking bucket. Oh, here. dude, I, I, it was a no brainer for me. I was going Lou, man. Lou's one of my favorite players in the NBA. He won the award last year. And the guy is a walking bucket, instant offense. This guy is insane. Uh, he, if you're down eight and you put Lou in, it might be tied. That, that's what kind of a score he is. And it, it, you saw it last or two nights ago against the uh, Lakers, and he's going to do it all season long, man. Lou Will, one of my favorite guys. I miss him. Uh, a ton. I'm a Sixers fan. He started his career there for Philly, and I wish he was still here, man, but he's going to be a great player for that Clippers team. He has been for years. Uh, Lou Will, the sixth man of the year, no doubt about it, in my opinion. I mean, he's the definition of a microwave, right? <laughs> yeah. he, cu- he steps on the court. He's going to get you points. He's that guy, like, in, in NBA 2K. You know how, like, they have those badges? He is the microwave badge. <laughs> That's what he is. <laughs> uh, the next award is Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, my pick is Draymond Green. He took home the hardware uh, three years ago. Rudy Gobert was back-to-back uh, Defensive Player of the Year these past two years. But I think the role that Draymond Green is going to have to play on this Warriors team with that roster completely depleted, uh, I think he has a great chance to really up his role. He's not going to have to take the backseat to a Kevin Durant or to a Klay Thompson. He's going to be that Swiss Army knife again. He's going to be a dog on the boards. He's going to go out there and get it every day. And the thing is, everybody, a lot of people forget, like Draymond Green really cut his teeth as a defensive player. He can guard the one through five. We yeah, saw absolutely. it with the Warriors' death lineup a few years ago. This guy can go out there, contend with any player. He's going to make you uncomfortable. And I think his increased role, his increased production uh, for this Warriors team is really going to lead him to winning Defensive Player of the Year this year. I'm going to go with uh, Joel Embiid. And, you know, we, we've heard this a lot now with Joel Embiid being uh, Defensive Player of the Year. You know, he said on the offseason that he wants to be Defensive Player of the Year. He's always in the mix. How about we get the award now? Let's get the hardware, Joel Embiid, and let's get Defensive Player of the Year. You lost 20 pounds. Um, you, you're, you, you got Al Horford there on that team now, so uh, the, the front court's dominant, and you got to be dominant on the defensive end. He, he's a great shot blocker. He's great in, in the paint. He can grab defensive rebounds. He's everything you want on defense, but he just hasn't been able to get past Rudy Gobert for the award. I think – that this could be the year Joel Embiid gets Defensive Player of the Year. We'll have to see, but he's my pick right now. I think he's motivated on that side of the court. I think he's going to have a big year. And uh, my honorable mention real fast for this one is going to be Patrick Beverly. Uh, I think that's somebody that you need to look at at, at being uh, being a contender here for Defensive Player of the Year, somebody that uh, we've mentioned it earlier, can guard. He's not afraid of anybody, can guard pretty much four out of the five positions. If you ask him to, he's not going to back down from a challenge. I like him to uh, be in the hunt for the award as well. 
Yeah, Patrick Beverly plays like Patrick Beverly. <laughs> he is definitely going to be in that conversation. And for most improved player last year, we saw Pascal Siakam uh, win the trophy. Uh, this year, I'm going to have to go with Damanis Sabonis. I think he he's a starter now. He's a full time starter. He got paid this offseason. He uh, he. This is one guy who looked motivated last night against the Pistons. Absolutely went off. He hasn't necessarily been getting all the minutes that he deserves, and I think with an increased role here uh, with the Pacers, this guy's going to go off. We're going to see that he he's going to pass the ball just like his pops did. He's going to go get rebounds. He's going to put he's going to put the ball in the basket. Demonis Sabonis, I think, is an absolute sleeper for most improved player. I think this guy is going to absolutely blow up this year. My most approved player of the year uh, is, is going to be Shea Gilgis Alexander uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, he had a great year, uh, a rookie season last year for the L.A. Clippers. Obviously, he was in that Paul George trade. Uh, he's in OKC now. And this is somebody that I think is going to have a pretty solid year this year. He, he's coming on. He's got a lot of confidence. He's somebody that has worked on his game. He's got Paul George, or uh, not Paul George, Chris Paul to mentor him there. Uh, at Oklahoma City Thunder. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see. I think he's going to be right in the mix. He's going to be my uh, most improved player of the year. Uh, Dolby, I got a question here. Is Markel Fultz going to be in the mix for most improved player of the year? No. No, he is not. Uh, Markel Fultz is going to be Markel Fultz. He'll get about 18 minutes. I mean, listen, any production from Markel Fultz would – would put him in the conversation for most improved player of the year. But he's not going to take the steps that we see a Shea Gilgis-Alexander or Demonis Sabonis or even Alonzo Ball, for that matter, take. I think Alonzo Ball is a sneaky pick here. I just don't know how many minutes he's going to be getting in these lineups. But Ball looked good in the minutes that he got. He's also a contender. Markel Fultz, uh, no, throw him in the garbage. <laughs> Coach of the year, I'm going to go with uh, Eric Spolstra uh, for the Miami Heat. Hey. Uh, he's got a new uh, new team here a little bit. You got rid of Hassan Whiteside. You brought in Jimmy Butler, and he was a pretty good coach when LeBron and Dwayne Wade were there. You're kind of past that era now, and he's got a new era now with Jimmy Butler. I think he's going to be a uh, this Heat team's going to be a good solid team this year. You saw it. Uh, I, I mentioned with Justice Winslow, Tyler Hero, some of their guys. Uh, Eric, Eric Spolster, I think, is, is going to be uh, coach of the year or going to be really close. He's my pick. I think he's going to be in the hunt because the Heat are going to be a solid team this year. I'm going to have to go with Brett Brown. He's he's going he's gonna to have to prove it to me, uh, but I think that he will. With this team around him this year, this is the most talented team that he has ever had. He's going to have to make some noise because Brett Brown, a little bit on the hot seat, uh, went out a little bit too early last year in the playoffs. I think the 76ers are going to make a deep run. Brett Brown is going to be right there in the mix, and I think I think he's going to learn a little bit this year. He's going to get a little bit better with the lineups. He's going to get a little bit better with the clock management or calling timeouts. I think Brett Brown this year, with the success of the Philadelphia 76ers, I think Brett Brown wins it. All right, so our finals prediction here, uh, I'm going to go with 76ers Clippers, man. I've been saying it a lot here with the uh, Clippers, and I, you know, I've been saying it for weeks now. I think they're going to come out of the West and, and get the job done, beat the Lakers in uh, the Western Conference Finals in seven games and, and move, to the, uh, move to the finals. And uh, out of the East, I'm going to go with the 76ers, man. Listen, this is a team that has been uh, better each and every year. You got a, a dominant starting 
five. It's your year, man, because Kevin Durant's coming back next year. He's not there this year. You got to get it done if you're the Philadelphia 76ers and win the East. I think they're going to beat the Bucks in the uh, final in the Eastern Conference Finals and move on here to the uh, finals. Uh, they got to get it done and get to the NBA Finals this year. Yeah, a little, uh, I agree with you there. For coming out of the East, I have the 76ers. This is too talented of a team. They only got more talented this offseason, bringing in Josh Richardson, Matisse Tybel, and Al Horford. I love this team right now. They look great against Boston last night, and uh, I, I think they're going to actually defeat the Pacers in the, uh, in the Eastern going, Conference oh, Finals. Oh. I think they're going to make a deep run. You're saying Pacers going I, to I the like Eastern I like that Conference team a lot, finals. man. And then – for the West, I have the Lakers coming out. LeBron needs to get it done this year. He's got Anthony Davis, probably the best player he's ever played with. Um, I, I, you have to get it done if you're the Lakers. I don't care. No excuses. You can't take an L here in the playoffs. You've got to go far if you're LeBron. You have to get back. And uh, you know what, guys? That's our show. Thanks for listening. Appreciate everybody watching on Facebook Live. It's been great. Uh, we're up against the hour here. Thank you so much. We will be back next week. Good night.